Hey guys, welcome to Sports Spectrum. I am Jason Romano. We are excited for today's conversation with Madison Hawk. She is with Bally Sports Southwest as a host and a reporter working in this media industry, covering the New Orleans Pelicans in the NBA. She also covered the Texas Rangers this past season in 2023 when they won the World Series. I should call them the world champion Texas Rangers. Madison Hawk played Division I college basketball at Belmont. She's married to Colton Hawk, who is a professional baseball pitcher. He was drafted in the Marlins organization. This was a great conversation. Anytime I can talk to somebody in the media industry, it's usually a great conversation because they're storytellers just like we are looking for here on this podcast. And I'm not making any light on the athletes or coaches or anybody like that, but they're not necessarily media people. Madison Hawk is someone who talks for a living. She's a storyteller for a living with Bally Sports Southwest. So this was a really great conversation. Tons of stories, right? You're looking for stories. This is the conversation with Madison Hawk. It's coming up in just a moment here on Sports Spectrum. First, I want to tell you about our Sports Spectrum magazine. We've been talking about this magazine pretty much on every podcast. And the reason we talk about it is because it's a really great resource for people who love sports and love Jesus. If you're looking for faith-filled, family-friendly content, clean sports content, it's hard to find all of those today. Well, the Sports Spectrum magazine is exactly that. It's also perfect for kids. If you want to introduce them to some of those athletes and coaches and people like Madison Hawk who are following their dreams in the sports world, but also doing it with Christ out in front, consider subscribing to the Sports Spectrum magazine. You can subscribe right now at sportspectrum.com. And when you get a one-year subscription and you check out, use the code PODCAST15, PODCAST15, and you get a 15% off discount on a one-year subscription to the Sports Spectrum magazine. It's exclusive to podcast listeners only with the Sports Spectrum magazine. Again, subscribe right now at sportspectrum.com. Well, it's great to welcome Madison Hawk to Sports Spectrum. She's with Valley Sports Southwest. She's a host and reporter there. Hi, Madison. How you doing? Hi, Jason. I'm great. I am so excited to be on with you today. I listen to this podcast all the time. So thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. We met about, I guess, a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. as people are listening to this, at a professional athletes outreach baseball conference which was cool and I got to meet you and your husband Colton and kind of connect a little bit and then learn a little bit about your journey at that point now I'm excited to kind of dive even deeper into your journey let's start with Jesus probably where we should always start get our minds on first things first tell me about Christ in the life of Madison Hawk yeah you know I've had an interesting route with how my relationship with Christ has strengthened I grew up in a very traditional family where every Sunday, my mom was waking us up for church. We were going to Sunday school. And that's something that I think my brothers and I never took for granted. We knew how special that was. Sometimes we did not want to wake up early on a Sunday morning and go to church. But looking back now, I'm so grateful that I had two parents that really instilled that in us early. And I have had this unique connection with my dad since day one. I'm a daddy's girl. I have two older brothers. 
And my dad has always just been my best friend. And so I think it's a really unique story of how I first really like felt the Lord calling me because my dad was sitting right next to me. So we were at church one day and I was about 12 years old and we had just gone through this tragedy at our church. Um, A young man had passed away at a church camp that I was at and it was a tragic accident and I was a few steps behind him and he went off a zip line and I was about three people behind him and he hit a tree and he Mm. passed away. It was tragic. It was just a terrible, terrible thing. And I, 12 years old, you're, you don't really know how to process that. And as I mentioned, I had grown up in church, but my parents were really big on when you are ready to announce your faith, to get baptized, to be saved. We want you to do that on your own. We don't want to baptize you at five years old and you not really understand the meeting. We want you to come to that. So we were worshiping one day. We were praying for the family right after this happened. And you know the song Mighty to Save still to this day gives me goosebumps because I remember listening to that and just thinking, okay, for the first time ever, these lyrics are really resonating with me. And then I got in the car and my dad and I are driving home and I look at him and he's like, what? He's like, you've got this look to you. And I was like, I feel Jesus right now. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know the elegant way to describe this, but I am feeling the Lord. And my dad pulls over to the side of the road right outside of our church at a random gas station in Lenore City, Tennessee. I remember it like it was yesterday. And we just start weeping together and Mm. he starts praying for me. And that's the moment that I really was like, okay, my life is surrendered. I'm living for a greater purpose. And a couple months later, I was baptized. And so ever since then, you know, I am so thankful to have had that moment early on, like young, but it's only strengthened further and further. And you know this, I work in an industry that can be really difficult and it can be about pleasing others and not pleasing God or answering to others and not answering to yourself or putting yourself first. And I'm very lucky that I have such strong parents that taught me day one, you've got to be true to yourself and you've got to be true to the Lord because I think that my journey in this industry has been much, I will say easier because I'm walking alongside the Lord. So I'm very thankful for that moment early on and it's only strengthened throughout. An awesome story. As a, as a guy who has one daughter, uh, one child who's a daughter and her and I have a really unique relationship too. Uh, that is awesome. I'll just say that. We didn't have a story exactly like that. Everybody's story is unique, but the connection I totally get. Um, you used a word though, that I thought was, was one we need to focus on just for a minute, maybe have you expand on it. You use the word surrender, like you surrendered your life to Jesus. I think there's a lot of people out there who love the Lord, who go to church, who maybe even grew up in a Christian home like you did, like my daughter did, but surrendering is a different animal. And I believe it's something we have to continue to do as we get older and as we move on, even for me at the stage of life I'm in, it's a daily surrender to Christ. What does that word mean? And how had, how did that sort of manifest itself for you as you started getting older? You were a division one basketball player, went to Belmont during those years. Now, obviously with the job you have, what does that word surrender mean? 
I would say surrender to me just means giving every ounce of whatever is in you up to the Lord and knowing that his control is far greater than your control. And I think the second that I realized that it made living day to day so much easier, but you know, I, I say that, but it is a work in progress every single day, right? We're all human and we all struggle with that sometimes. But I will say like, I got to college, you know, high school, middle school, high school, I hate to say it, but it was quote unquote easy for me, right? Like I played basketball. I knew my plan. My plan was to work really hard at basketball, get a full ride scholarship. I wanted to go D1. And from there, you know, that, that was my plan. Yeah. So luckily my plan and God's plan <laughs> was aligned, right? I love when that happens. So God's plan was like, yep, you're going to play college basketball. Well, I get to college and I am humbled right away. Um, it's a different ball game and it is tough. Playing a college sport is really tough. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I learned so much about myself. I strengthened my relationship with the Lord more than ever. But I think for the first time, I really realized, okay, I am not in control of any of this. I don't know why X, Y, and Z is happening. I don't know why I'm not getting more playing time. I had never struggled with not being the best player on a team. You know, as, as selfish as that sounds, it was just true yeah. playing college sport, or high school sports. And I think a lot of people go through that. So it was tough. Every day I had to wake up and say, okay, wh what, am I, what am I working towards? Am I working towards being... A, just a college basketball player? Is that what I want my identity to be in? Or do I want to be somebody that, a, a woman that is representing Christ during hardship? I dealt with a lot of injuries as well. Um, so college was the first time that I really felt like, okay, everything is just from, from like a older level than 12 years old. Everything is out of my control. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm so thankful I went through that then because it's only strengthened me further on. And I will say I have a really cool story and it's really, I mean, it was whenever I met you at PAO and I was going through a lot career-wise, I was changing jobs. I felt like I had my dream job right in front of me, um, but it was going to take a lot to pull it off. And I um, remember thinking, sitting in a worship ceremony at PAO and thinking and hearing for the first time, Galatians 1.10. I don't know why I had never heard that or that never registered for me. And I think the Lord speaks to you in different ways. And you can hear Bible verses five years ago that doesn't resonate with you. But Galatians 1.10 hit me like a ton of bricks. And I thought to myself, who am I trying to please? Am I trying to please men? Am I trying to please people in my career? that are going to say yes to me, that are going to give me my dream job, or am I trying to please and live for God? And that woke me up like that because he, I heard God speaking to me, okay, you always wanted this big basketball career. I gave it to you. You still weren't satisfied. Then you've always wanted to be a sports reporter. I'm giving you that. You're still not satisfied. So at what point are you going to be content and what I'm doing in your life? Hmm. And from then on, I was like, wow, okay, if I never work in TV again, am I, go am I going to be okay? And I remember looking at my husband, and he knew what I was going through in the time, 
and I just broke down. And he was like, that just hit you, didn't it? And I was like, absolutely. And my husband plays baseball. Um, he's played minor league baseball. So he got drafted in 2017. So he has felt everything that I have felt. And he just broke down next to me and he was like, I'm with you. I feel it. Like our identity is not in baseball, is not in sports. Our identity is in who we are as husband and wife, who we're going to be as parents one day, who we are as children of Christ. And so instantly when I was sitting there, I just thought back and the word surrender popped back into my head. And I thought about that 12 year old girl and sitting next to her dad and giving her life up for Christ then. And I was like, if I can do that at 12, I can do that at 27. And, you know, I'm thankful for those life moments because I have clung to that moment every single day. And it has made me the happiest I've been in my entire life in the last year. And I think that God provides and he really he provided for me. And once again, his plan came true that I wanted it to be my plan as well. So I am very thankful, but it didn't come without a lot of hardship and test testing. Yeah, that's a great story. Um, yeah, his plan's always best. And when it aligns with anything that we're interested in, it's always great. And you've got to live out a lot of cool experiences, even in the past year with your dream job. We're going to talk about that in a second here uh, of being in the broadcasting and media space. But I do have to read Galatians 1.10, just so people really understand what that verse was saying. You said it in, in sort of a, um, a condensed version, I guess, but it says, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so I hear that verse and, you know, I think back to your moment that you just described and I'm thinking, why is that such a hard thing for humans in general, but for people that are in the space that we're in, which is such a people pleasing approval space, being judged by your, your talent. Um, the same with baseball, right? Colton's going to go through this too. Like he's being judged by his talent and what he is able to accomplish why is that such a hard verse to live out? That's a million dollar question. And <laughs> once again, it's something that I struggle with daily. And that's why it's literally my phone background. So I constantly remind myself, hey, who are you living for? Are you mm -hmm. living for execs that sit in a corner office and give you more opportunities on air? Or are you living for Christ who at the end of the day, if you have nothing and you don't have a job, you and your life is not going according to quote unquote your plan, are you still going to be a servant of Christ? And that's why that verse resonates with me so much because in the time I first heard it and it hit me like a ton of bricks, I didn't know what my future held in sports broadcasting. I didn't know if I was moving to Dallas, Texas, or if I was going back to Knoxville, I was in this weird limbo phase for about two and a half weeks. Um, Dylan, with all the glamour side of, contracts and things like that. So that was really tough for me. First time I had gone through anything like that. And that just, are you, if I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. That like, just, that was really the part of the verse that really hit me because mm -hmm. I was putting all of my hope and all of my prayer every day into godly things. 
instead of asking God, okay, if this is not what you want for me, make that clear to me. Make sure I am living for you. That's a hard prayer, right, Madison? Like that's a dangerous it, prayer almost to pray. It is. And it and it was the first time in my life, I think, I really could pray that and be at peace with whatever the outcome is. And I know it's easy for me to sit here a year and a half later and say that because things worked out. But I really felt in that moment, if it didn't work out according to my plan, that God's plan was going to be greater. And I was having this conversation with somebody at work yesterday, just, you know, a lot of things are going on and we were like, whatever happens, we know who holds the future and we know it's not us. And I told, I shared that same story with her. And I was like, if I didn't go through that a year and a half ago, I think I would be kind of on the edge of my seat right now, but I'm at this weird piece of whatever happens in my career, whatever happens in my husband's career, we are not defined by that. And I, and I hope that allows us to have a strong career for many, many years because of that perspective of knowing no matter what, we're going to be okay. And if God tells me, okay, I no longer want you to work in sports. I want you to go do something else. Am I going to be okay with that? I, I truly am out of peace with yes, because I want to be a servant of Christ, not of man. I've heard, uh, I may have heard it in a sermon. I've heard a few people that are in my life, especially those that I serve with at my church say, if Christ or if, if, if God took all of this away, or if it, even if he didn't take it away, but it just went away, like the job you do, you know, even thinking of the book of Job and, you know, he loses his entire family. Is Christ still enough? And it's the human flesh says, no, don't do that. How dare you? And then the surrendering factor comes in and you're like, it better be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, I go back to that story of just being at peace. My, my husband, Colton, as I mentioned, going through the, the grinds and the beauty of minor league baseball. And he, I say my relationship with Christ has grown so much since I've met him because he is the strongest man of his faith that I know. Hmm. And I think that that is why he has been able to stay so positive through the ups and downs of minor league baseball. Um, but he never really had this moment that, okay, no, no matter what happens to me, I'm going to be okay type of thing. Like I had a year and a half ago. So another crazy story, the Lord was just working. And I talk about the time when I was saved and my dad was sitting next to me. I had never really had like a face-to-face -face meeting with God. Like other than when I was saved and I would hear stories and, and I'm like, that's awesome. But like, does that really happen? I don't know. Like not, not questioning that God speaks to you, just like physically feeling like you are talking to an angel. And my husband was injured for the first time of his entire career, like high school, college, professional, never been injured. And this whole last season in his last year of his deal before he became a free agent, make or break for him is what he thought. He was injured. And we're, we live apart during the year because I'm working and he's playing baseball. We're both chasing our dreams. So half the year we are apart. And it takes a lot of last minute flights to see each other and to show up for each other when we need it. And there was a day when he needed that. 
So luckily I had a weekend off of work this summer and I flew to Jupiter, Florida. And he was just like, why is this happening? Why am I hurt in my final year when I need to be like really proving and showing what I can do? I was like, I don't know why it's happening, but like, I know it's all going to be okay. And fast forward, I wake up in the middle of the night to, I don't know if it was a dream. I don't, I don't know. I'm still comprehending it, but the Lord was sitting at the edge of my bed and he was just kind of like laughing with me. Right. Like he was, he felt like a friend and he's like, why are you guys so stressed out? You're healthy. You're happy. You have each other. Like Colton's going to be okay. I'm going to heal his arm and kind of talking to me just in like a friend way. Yeah. And I know it sounds so crazy, but it, it happened. It was amazing. And he was just like, tell him what I want him to know is to fight. And he flashed like a picture of Colton on a mound to me. And he was like, fight. Like I am not done with him. And I'm just sitting there, just grasping it all, wanting to like wake up Colton, but the Lord would not let me. Like he was speaking to me and he's like, read about Moses and the promised land. And at the time, like, I'm just trying to remember everything that he is saying. And then he laughs at me and he says, and lastly, Madison, this is not the hardest thing y'all are going to go through, by the way. So just remember that. Oh. Three, three months later, we found out we're pregnant with twins. Oh. <laughs> so we started. <laughs> so now looking back, we're like, okay, we, we understand, Lord, that that is not the hardest thing. An injury is not, you know, perspective, right? It really gave us a ton of perspective. And immediately like told Colton about it. And it was like the most surreal thing. So that is something that he has really like held on to is like the Lord telling him to fight. And he has fought so hard to come back from this injury and not give up. And so I just think the Lord reminds you of perspective in a lot of ways too. And that's just the whole part of going back to surrendering Colton in that moment, had to surrender everything had to trust what the Lord was saying and that even though he couldn't see it, that something greater was coming. So I know that was a lot, but it was truly amazing. And I love telling that story. Yeah, please. I'm going to tell people, please, you know, ask, <laughs> ask Madison about that story. Cause that's awesome. And everybody's story is different. Listen, people can, can be cynical or whatever. Was it really God, whatever, this is your story. You were clearly hearing from the Lord and he has something, uh, it's really, I, I was going to say something greater, but you're pregnant with twins. Like, that's awesome. And congratulations. Um, yeah. Won't spend a ton of time on that yet because you got to go through a few more months here before those babies come. Twin girls, right? Twin girls. Yes. Oh my yep. gosh. Wild. Twins don't run in the family. So we wow. we are shocked and we are taking it day by day. We don't, <laughs> we, we don't know what we're in for. But Well, that's what you're going to be taking it for the rest of your life, Madison, day by day. Trust me with those girls running around like crazy. Yes. But uh, congratulations on that. I do need to hear the story. Story because it, Colton and you, as far as I'm doing my research here, you guys weren't high school sweethearts or no. even knew each other in college, right? How did you guys meet? Yeah, crazy, crazy story. So Colton grew up in Pennsylvania. I grew up in East Tennessee, um, polar opposite places. He goes to Stanford for college um, on a baseball scholarship. I go to Nashville on a basketball scholarship. And he got drafted in 2017 and one of his friends that he, one of his best friends he played with in the Cape Cod league went to Vanderbilt and told him, Hey, 
if you don't want to stay in California, if you don't want to go back to Pennsylvania, you should move to Nashville. I think you would love training at Vanderbilt. Um, Tim Corbin's great. And he's really open about having professional athletes come back and train there. So he was training at Vanderbilt. And I randomly on a Friday, I had a day off. And this was about a year and a half after I graduated college. Um, so what were you doing at that time as you're pursuing broadcasting? Yeah, so I'm working for Sports Talk Radio show, uh, station in Nashville. And I'm working for Titans Digital Network. So doing like a lot of NFL stuff and women's yeah. basketball, like as an analyst. So I'm kind of trying to figure out what my next route is going to be. And random Friday I had off and I go to this hot yoga class. And there's a <laughs> six foot four guy that puts his mat right next to me and starts talking my ear off at yoga. And I'm like, doesn't he know that you're not supposed to talk at yoga? Like, I'm just trying to zen. I'm trying to like, you know, get a good workout in. And yeah. Colton is just chatting up the storm. So I'm like, okay, well, whatever. He's kind of cute. We start talking. And then we go our separate ways. And I had told him, yeah, I love this class. I try and come every Friday at noon if I can. And so we both showed up the next Friday at noon, hoping each other was at the class. Sure enough, we were. Long story short, got my number. We on a date two days later, and we've been together. That was five years ago. So we've wow. been together ever since. But my brothers give them grief because, as I mentioned, I have two older brothers. So they're like, how many other girls did you try and pick up at yoga before you got my sister? And he's like, no, I promise. I promise that's she's funny. the only one. <laughs> so, yeah. So now that's kind of like we, we love doing workouts together. We, we love doing yoga. And so that's kind of like our thing now that we instantly connected on because it was like, okay, we had a lot of mutual friends in the sports world that we didn't even know about, but we both love to work out. We love fitness. And so it just kind of worked, but isn't that crazy? Yeah. Hot yoga class. <laughs> crazy. See, so here's the thing. I'm, I'm in the process. I'm trying not to be the crazy dad who wants to set his daughter up with like every guy, but you yeah. know, she's 19, she's going to be 20 soon. And you know, I want her to have this perfect, you know, guy that I've been praying for since she was young, you know, her future yeah. husband, if you will. Um, Maybe I got to tell her to go to hot yoga. Is yeah, that the deal seriously. here? <laughs> I'm an advocate for it. There's, there's, <laughs> there might be another great guy. I don't know. I think I took the best one, but there might be another great maybe, guy. Maybe, maybe there's one else out there. Uh, that's, that is a great story, Madison <laughs> yeah. Hawk. Um, so let me ask you this, because you talked about your broadcasting journey and you were working as a sports anchor and reporter locally in Knoxville as well, um, covering the SEC and ultimately this opportunity to go to Bally Sports happens Valley Sports Southwest, so which is really unique because it covers a variety of teams. It covers teams in Dallas, and it covers teams in New Orleans, and you're covering the Pelicans. Uh, currently, as we speak with the NBA season going on, uh, baseball's coming up, cover the Rangers. That's where I want to go, though, because last year, yeah. by the way, the world champion Texas Rangers, I think yeah. I need to preface by saying <laughs> that, last year was pretty cool. I have to imagine you're still early in this this uh, media journey and you get to cover a world series champion describe what last year was like for you in 2023 oh it was amazing and you have to keep in mind as i mentioned i was born and raised in east tennessee so i'm a diehard tennessee football fan yeah. tennessee football lets me down every single year <laughs> so i'm a pessimist when it comes to rooting for your team right so uh, keep that in mind but 
I got put on, yeah, so um, came to Bali, got hired for NBA, and then luckily was doing a good enough job that Rangers also wanted me on an opportunity happened where I became a pre and post game host for the Rangers. So really awesome opportunity um, started in, started doing pre and post for them at the beginning of June. So at that point, they were really good. They had a great April, great May. And keep in mind, two years ago, the Rangers lost 101 games. So this is not a franchise that has been atop of Major League Baseball for long. Um, So I start working for the team or doing pre and post for Bally and the team and just loving it. And I'm like, okay, this seems really good. But like it's baseball, it's a long season. We'll see. Well, we go through the rides, the ups and downs, you know, really high months and then really low months. And August, September was kind of a ride for the Rangers, as it is for any team in professional baseball when you play 162 games. But I'm having a blast. I cannot speak highly enough about the entire Rangers organization from top to bottom. They are amazing. And So, you know, you're kind of like, you feel this energy every time you're on the field, Bruce Bochy, Hall of Fame manager, absolute incredible guy. I'm really thankful for how he welcomed me in and how nice he was too. I could speak on him all day, but Mm. so you're, you're rooting for these guys, right? Because they're such great people. You want them to win. But in the back of my head, I'm like, seen it before. Like Tennessee was five and zero last year. <laughs> I've seen it before, and sure enough, they proved me wrong. So we, it was so much fun. It was such a fun time of the year because NBA was just starting, postseason baseball was starting, and we are in the midst of all of it. As you mentioned, Valley Southwest has four NBA teams. They have the Rangers. They have the Stars, and so we were kind of all crossing over, which was so much fun. So my NBA team that I am on is the Pelicans. So postseason's going on for Rangers. I'm doing both. Um, and then they keep winning. And we're like, oh my gosh, are they going to go to the World Series? Like they barely got into the postseason and the wild card having to, to win in Tampa. But then they went undefeated on the road. So yeah, we're they couldn't like, lose okay, on the road. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, okay, this is like feeling like they might win it all. So I go on the road with the Pelicans for 10 days because those were my assignments. You know, you, you wanted the Rangers to be in it, but they have never been to this point or hadn't been in 12 years. So we were like, okay, is it really going to happen? So I go on the road with the Pels and remember thinking, okay, I've got a pack for if the Rangers are still playing and if they're not. Um, because there was going to be a parade and I was going to fly back for the parade right away. So sure enough, that was like the coolest 48 hours of my career. I'm in Oklahoma City with the Pelicans. And then we finish that game. We fly back to New Orleans. I sideline a game in New Orleans on that Thursday. And then at 6 a.m., I'm flying back to Dallas to Arlington to cover World Series parade in my first year with this network. And I was just like, I remember telling my dad, I'm like, it was so worth it, you know, to be a Tennessee fan and to lose all these games because my my team's the Rangers now and they they came through and they won it all. So it was so cool just being a part of the parade coverage. We had an incredible show. Um, 
we're out there for hours and hours covering all of this, hundreds of thousands of people showing up in Arlington to support the Rangers. Because you have to think, this is a championship that's 62 years in the making. And so the whole city came together, the whole state really came together to support them. Um, But you just wanted it for them so badly because the organization from top to bottom is just made up of people you want to root for from the front office to players to coaches, they're awesome. So that was such an incredible moment to be able to think, okay, this is my first year covering a team and we made it to the World Series. I ended up doing almost 70 pre and post game shows. So I felt like I was really in the thick of it. And so it was really cool just to be like a small piece of watching them win it all of the World Series. It was really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And and a crazy scheduled, which makes me think, I mean, obviously God has the plan taken care of, so we don't have to begin to think about this, but you're going to have two little babies running around. Um, What's been going through your mind as you've been praying to God, like, okay, I want to pursue this broadcasting thing. How am I supposed to do this with twin kids, twin girls? Yeah. Yeah, a lot. We, Colton and I made a promise to each other that when we started trying to start a family that we would not give up on our dreams if we become parents. And, you know, I know that's really easy for us to say now because the girls aren't here yet, but it's something that, you know, I keep encouraging him with, with baseball too. He's like, it's going to be so hard being away from you. I'm like, yes, but if that is God's plan for you, if a team picks you up and that is his his plan, then you got to go play baseball. Like, we'll come watch you. We will come support you. We will figure it all out. And he is the same way. He's been my number one supporter. I think that's what instantly made it work for us is that we understood we didn't, we don't work nine to fives. We have crazy careers. We're also very driven and very passionate about those careers. So we're going to do the work to make it work. And so thinking about trying to have trying to be a mom, trying to succeed in my career, trying to be a good wife, a good friend, a good daughter. It's a lot. And honestly, every single day, it's just me telling myself the Lord would not put us through what we cannot handle. Because, you know, we kind of had this moment when we found out we were having twins, when we found out we were pregnant, it was kind of Colton was so excited. And I was kind of like, okay, like, how is this going to work? You know, Mm. it's, it's, it's welcomed more in our industry now, which I'm so, so thankful for, but it is hard. Um, and I will say like, I've got to give so much credit to my bosses and the place that I work, incredible people there that run that network and could not be more excited for me to be able to have the opportunity to have both. And so that was like the biggest God wink and blessing when I told them I was pregnant and they could not have been more supportive. I was so thankful for that. And so I think, just drawing on their support and drawing on the support of everyone around me. We're going to, we're going to make it work, but my parents, his parents are going to be involved a lot. And they've just kind of said, Hey, we'll be out in Dallas and we'll take the little girls on the road with you if you need to. And so that's kind of how I see it happening because I am going to be traveling in the summer. And so I kind of see it as, you know, when I go back to work after maternity leave, whatever that'll look like, I'll either be in Dallas working or I'll be on the road for work or I'll be with Colton and we'll have an army army there to help us. So we just kind of keep looking at each other and laughing and we're like, we thought it was going to be hard enough and we thought it was just one. 
And now that we're having twins, we just go back to what God told us last summer. Like, this is not the hardest thing y'all are going to go through. Buckle up, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we are, we are in for a ride. I'm sure it's going to be many sleepless nights. But I look at women in this industry that are doing it and it just give you know, it gives me so much. I look at somebody like Laura Rutledge with her first kid. She barely took any time off and she was right back at it. And Maria Taylor pregnant and Jamie Aronall. You look at people like that. And then so many people at Valley Sports Southwest too have gone through it. And so it's nice to have women that you can kind of talk to and and they give it to you straight. Like, hey, it's not going to be easy, but if it's worth it to you and if it's God's plan for you, you're going to be able to be a mom and you're also going to be able to continue to grow in your career. So it's it's going to be a wild ride, but we're excited for it. We wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah, it takes a village. Uh, you're not the first to ever go through this. And, you know, God's in control. So, like, there you go. Give it to him. Yep. He's, he's <laughs> got right. this. He's got this. Um, let me ask right. you this as we wind down, um, thinking about your faith, thinking about the career that you're in. I know a lot of people, when I was at ESPN, I got this question a lot. And it was, you know, how do you live out your faith? And how do you stay passionate about Jesus and not, you know, lose your faith to gain the world, to gain your career? Like, like I think it's in Mark 8, it says, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus talks about gaining the world and losing your soul. And I'm, I'm not going that far, but I do think yeah. often our faith can take a back seat to our passions and our dreams. What would you say to a young person who's coming up four or five years behind you, right? They're in college right now. They want to go into a career like you're in. Uh, it sounds all glamorous, right? To travel everywhere and to cover sports teams yeah. and to do World Series parades. But obviously you explained it pretty well that it's not always easy. But they also want to maintain their faith and they want to live with Christ at the center. What would you say to them? Yeah, well, first, I would say that it is not all glamorous. What you see on TV (laughs) is the highlight of my day. You don't see the prep work behind it. And for sure, when I worked in local news, I was my own editor, my own photographer, my own writer. I was editing stuff on a 15 minute deadline right after a game just ended. Um, So it takes it takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work. But I would say what somebody really prominent that just left a really prominent network told me, stay true to yourself. Because, and I, and I really have hung on to that ever since I had this conversation. And if you don't stay true to yourself, there's so many of us out there, right? There's people waiting, knocking on your door, waiting to take your job. But if you're, if you're just going to, do what everyone else does, or if you're not going to stay true to yourself, then yeah, it'd be easy to fall into the mix. I think too, I might be a little naive that there's places that don't welcome you speaking on your faith. I know that's a thing, but I'm lucky enough to everywhere I've been, that's not a thing. You, you know, your opinions are, are welcomed. And, you know, as long as you stay professional, if you want to speak on your faith, speak on your faith. Sure. Um, I'm somebody who says on air, like, I'll be praying for them. Not right. they're in my thoughts. You know, there's a difference to me. Yes. And I'm fine with that. And luckily, I've never been in trouble for saying things like that. And I think if I ever get to a place where I'm not allowed to say things like that, I'll know it, I'll feel it, and it might not feel like it's right. Or it will feel right, and I can be a witness to people that need to hear that. Um, 
And I think that is just something I have always been a stubborn, hard-nosed person. If I think something is right, sometimes to an extent, I will follow that and I will be set in my ways. Um, And that's just something how I feel with my faith. Like at the end of the day, if somebody's going to judge me in this industry for being a Christian, I just have to pray for them because Mm -hmm. I would much rather have what I have with my relationship with the Lord than to be the number one sports reporter in the world, but feel so empty and hollow inside. So I think that I'm very lucky at 28 years old that I have been at places that welcome that and don't mind if you speak on your faith. Um, And there are places like that. So if somebody's struggling with that and, and honestly, I just had this conversation who I was telling you about having this conversation and her just saying like, stay true to yourself because if you don't like no, no one's going to be in your corner. And I know that there's a breath of fresh air being able to speak freely on your faith. I don't take that for granted one bit. Um, But I've also made sure to put myself in positions where they know what they see is what they're going to get with me and I'm going to speak on my faith. And that's, you know, going through all this with having twins and that rocking our world, you know, we just keep saying it's God's plan. It's God's plan. And I know I'm saying that to people who are not believers at work. Like, I know that. But and they might look at me and be like, God's plans for twins. Like, why is that? You know, whatever. <laughs> but I'm going to continue to say that and yeah. believe that because it just goes back to if we lose ourselves, then we're still trying to please man and not God. And so I think it is really hard, though, as a young, younger female coming up in this industry to know that it's OK to be rooted in that. And you you might get passed up or you might be looked at in a different way, but it's okay because at the end of the day, you didn't lose yourself. And I think that that's the number one thing to remember in an entertainment industry is you just got to stay true to yourself because if not, you're really easily replaceable. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> just think of that verse or that song. It's actually a song. It's a verse. It's also a song by Toby Mac. I don't want to gain the world and lose my soul. And like, is it really worth it? It's not worth it. Um, Like I said, if everything gets taken away from us, is Christ still enough? And the answer hopefully for all of us is yes. Um, Absolutely. Madison, this is awesome. Thanks so much for being here. Congratulations. Uh, We got to get you back in a couple years and hear how the (laughs) chaos went over the last two years and see what the Lord uh, had planned that you didn't quite realize was going to happen. But either way, uh, this is... <laughs> yeah, are we even going to be able to find a half hour in two years yeah. with two qu- two kids? We're going to really have to bring in the cavalry to make sure that you can get yes. away for that interview. But either way, uh, thanks so much for joining us and wishing you and Colton nothing but the best and congratulations. Thanks, Jason. Love what you do. I appreciate it. And many thanks to Madison Hawk for joining us today on Sports Spectrum. She's great. She has a great story, but she's also a great storyteller. There was three or four stories there that she shared that were just dynamite. And it's exactly what you would hope for in a podcast and with a podcast guest, right? She uh, she could just share you know, certain things or whatever, but she told stories. And stories are what I think inspire us. It's what uh, captures our attention. It's what gives us hope in many ways. Her story of 
surrendering to Jesus was just phenomenal. And then even the story of meeting her now husband, Colton, in uh, in a hot yoga class. Okay, hot yoga. There you go. But really good stuff from Madison. Uh, obviously expecting twin girls uh, in a few months, her and Colton and the chaos, which is already uh, a big part of her life with her job and traveling and certainly with Colton pursuing a pro baseball career. And now uh, welcoming twin girls to the world. Really cool stuff. And uh, she's got a fan here in Connecticut. That's for sure. Madison Hawk does. And certainly her husband, Colton, as well. And I'll be cheering them on and wishing them nothing but the best as they start their new family and continue to walk with Christ out in front. So we appreciate Madison for joining us today on Sports Spectrum. You can find us at our website, sportspectrum.com, for all of our content. We have articles and devotionals and podcasts and great resources, lots of free content. In fact, all of it's free except for our magazine. So go check out sportspectrum.com each and every day for updated stories and just stories of the way Jesus is working in the world of sports. I mean, it's really what... What I love to do, what this ministry is all about, and hopefully you can check those out. And if you like what you're reading, share it. If you like what you're listening to right now, share that as well. It helps get the word out, letting people know that there are a lot of people in the world of sports who love Jesus and are trying to do it the Lord's way. So thank you for tuning in. We love you guys. We hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you next time right here on Sports Spectrum.